now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Come on! And greetings. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in here today on the Steve Day Show, powered by CRTV. They make this podcast free for you, the people, each and every day. Although it's been official for me for several weeks now, for the rest of America, officially for the first time now that we are past Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in here today. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We just wrapped up today's television show for CRTV. Todd and Aaron are here standing by. Before we get into the nitty gritty of today's podcast, let's give the audience a little tease of what's to come today on CRTV. Aaron, I'll start with you. Tammy Bruce went on Fox News. You'll never guess what she said next. The CR Roundtable today was another reminder, although our audience, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you've already heard this before, but it was another debate pressing reminder about the state of leadership on Capitol Hill, especially as it pertains to the Republicans. Yeah, I got to give mad props to Tammy Bruce at Fox. She gave us two electric sound bites, video clips for our roundtable today that meant I didn't have to come up with a topic. We just played her clips and riffed off of those. So Tammy, checks not in the mail, but thank you anyway, sister. Todd. I'm not going to spend much time over the course of Advent um, defending Roy Moore or Al Franken or anybody else. Uh, I, I'm very, very skeptical of the Salem witch trial atmosphere that we have right now. And that's why you need to watch what Steve said on uh, fake news or not. Don't get too wrapped up in the particular personalities. But what he lays bare is the scam of it all are we real do we really care about the truth pertaining to any of these guys or is this all just a game being played against us and thus we are the losers hmm. so if you want to watch today's show promo code dace crtv.com promo code dace and this is a great christmas gift if you've got a patriot in your family and you're like i've bought them everything else i'm looking for a new idea why not the gift of everybody here at crtv because you won't just get our show but the great one mark levin uh the new one from the uh, phil phil robertson of duck dynasty fame the entire team here at crtv available with my name as the promo code dace crtv.com promo code dace all right. Um, one of my New Year's resolutions, I'm going to act, get a head start on here at the beginning of Advent. And that is, I'm going to be even more ruthless with false narratives and fake news, regardless of who's peddling it, than I have been in the past. Here, here. I, I am. I, I, You're so subtle about it in the past. <laughs> it's about time you upped your game. <laughs> I was wondering if, if anybody could kind of pick up what I was laying down. I wasn't sure, okay? But we are at a point we need to, we need to have a zero tolerance policy for this stuff. And, and I'm a firm believer 
that you can't really make the necessary adjustments and improvements until you truly find out how you ended up in this mess to begin with. All right? So while I've never done the show for people that are just, as our friend Bob Vanderplatz likes to put it, that are looking for confirmation instead of information, while I've never done that show, I am going to be even more pointed in confirming for you I don't do that show from this time forward. Because I think an uninformed populace makes cultural transformation impossible. A prophet once said, my people perish for a lack of what? What's the next word, the final word in that sentence? Vision. Knowledge. Knowledge. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. And without a vision, the people perish. Aaron is correct on that as well. Different prophet, but correct. Um, without the knowledge of the truth, we can't stand for what is true. And I'm, I'm going to be even more pointed about it because we have an election year coming up, which means the fur is going to fly. The false narratives will be unveiled. Many of the same people who are right now, not all, but many, of the same people who are right now the most vocal in attacking and laying to bear all the promises the Republicans have broken to us. In six months, gentlemen, what do you think they're going to be saying? Oh, they'll be getting in line to vote for what I still predict will be uh, the most robust midterm election in terms of people getting out to the polls in one of the most robust in modern history. And if you're Even not willing, hate it. And, and if you're not willing to stomach more McConnell, Swamp, Paul Ryan at all, then the same people right now calling those guys un-American will be calling the rest of us un-American for not wanting to take the banana and the tailpipe one more time. Yeah, you got it. Is that what's going to go down? Oh, yeah. And I'm going to tolerate it zero. I, I just, you're going to need to know that now. And then many of you will complain to me well into next year. When I confirm for you over and over again, I'm not going to tolerate this at all. And those of you that are, many of you who are applauding me now for telling you in advance, I'm not going to applaud it. Maybe not many, but there will be some of you who will hate me for this, that, for that which you are applauding me for six to nine months from now. And I will go back to this show and I will say, I told you, did I not? Well in advance, this is how we were going to roll. I keep seeing this story published. And I, I can't tell, and I want to be earnest about it, because it's not... I'll let you know when it's personal to me, because I'll name names, okay? When it gets personal. When, when, when I mean when it gets personal, when, it, when clearly I think this is an attempt to be deceptive. I, I can't tell right now if it's the Republican Congress's ratings are in the toilet, Trump's ratings are in the toilet, nothing's getting done, and we're looking for something, you know? It's like your favorite college football team at this time of the year when it's clear they're not going anywhere. You're like, well, what's recruiting look like? Who's on the scout team? You know, you're looking for, you're holding on to something for the future. And I can't tell if that's what's happening here 
or if there's really just this many people actually working in our industry that are ignorant of politics, meaning the nuts and bolts of it. How the things we write and talk about end up actually happening before we talk about them. I can't figure that out. So I'm not going to try. And instead, I'm going to deal with this topic straight up as a bit of a subject matter expert because it's what I've been doing with my life for the last 10 years. All right. And I'm just going to I'm going to share what I know and the knowledge I've acquired. And I'm just going to treat this as people need to be better informed rather than casting aspersions because I really don't know the motivations behind this story. It is possible that we've never seen a dynamic like what we're seeing right now in the Democratic Party. And so it's possible that people just don't know what it really means because it's their paradigms blowing up like it has blown up on the Republican side too. Now the story I'm talking about are the repeated headlines that we're seeing mostly in righty media about the Democratic Party can't raise any money. Have you seen these stories? I have, but not as pervasively yep. as seem to be out there. Like okay. the last three or four weeks at yeah. least. I, I, and it seems to be like the go... They, this gets recycled like every few months. And it could just be, you know, well, what happens every few months? We have a quarterly reporting period, you know? So it could just be that. It, it could be that... Um, when your favorite team isn't playing very well, your second favorite team becomes who you're, who's playing your big rival. And so you, if you can't get off on your team doing well, you get off on the suffering of your opponent. It could be some of that dynamic. It could be outright deception. I don't know. But we're selling fool's gold with this story, and I want to explain to you why. That doesn't mean I want the Democrats to win. And I'm going to tell you right now, I frankly don't care who wins. There it is. I just don't. I don't care who wins. I could be made to care if you could show me it would make a a demonstrative difference in something that matters. You live exactly where I live. All right. I want to be made to care. Not in the Eric Erickson, you will be made to care sense. (laughs) I mean, I want to be made to care like I have. I'm convicted to care. Okay. Because right now I'm convicted not to care. I would like to be convinced of otherwise. I'm open to being convinced otherwise. But you are going to have to convince me. It's not an automatic. All right? Because as we stand right now, November 27th, I don't care. I don't. And I'm watching it like a sporting event. I really don't care who wins between Notre Dame or between Ohio State and Wisconsin on Saturday night. I I, Come on, I man. I was rooting for Michigan for you this weekend. You? Yeah, okay. it was. I, I, okay. Because of you, I'll pick another game. Because of you, I'll care. All right? Because for you. Thank you. Okay? I'll pick another game. I don't really care who wins between Clemson and Miami. I don't care. But I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm going to watch. My wife doesn't understand that when I tell her that she needs a team. Is your wife she like that? She needs a rooting interest. Yeah, how do you watch that? You don't care who wins. <laughs> I don't care it's who wins. It's going to be a great game. I, I, just, I think it's going to be interesting, yeah. so I'm going to watch. But I don't really care who wins. I don't care. That's where I'm at with the 2018 midterms right now. I'm not married to that. I'm open to the possibility my opinion could be changed. Because if you would have told me two or three years ago I would be at the place I'm at right now, I would have never believed it. All right? 
so I'm I'm not going to say this is written in blood. It's written in stone. It's done. I'm just going to tell you though, the burden of proof is high. <laughs> All right, it's not un it's not unobtainable. Okay, but I'm going to need more less more than. Well, you know what will happen if the Democrats win. I'm going to need more than I've needed before. I'm just going to need more. Because the great prophet Eddie Murphy once said, I ain't going to fall for the banana in my tailpipe. I've done it before. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not voting against anybody anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. You have to convince me to vote for you. And what's in it for me? Other than that, I don't care. But I will be interested to see how it plays out just as a spectator. My intent with bringing this up is not to diffuse the enthusiasm of those of you who do care. I, I, I brought this up my, where, where I'm at personally so that it's full disclosure. We try to give you as much transparency as we can. And that way you can factor what I'm going to tell you next into your own thoughts of where I'm coming from. You should know what my prejudices and biases are when I explain this to you in a minute. My, my explaining this to you is not to diffuse the enthusiasm, though, of those of you who do care and are committed to this. It's to show you, though, that if this is what you're being sold, you're getting lied to. This is fool's gold. Snake oil. This is that kid who sells you magazines and puts in the neighborhood and puts his foot in the door so you can't close the door on him. You have to literally push him out. You ever had that kid come to your door before? Had that many years ago at our first house. I literally had to push the kid out of my house. Tried that thing. Put his foot in the door. Yeah, we, <laughs> didn't work. Um, because if you do want to win, this will not be the way to do it. This is, this is not a talking point. So let me explain. It doesn't matter how much money the Democratic Party raises. It doesn't matter if they raise 50 cent. It doesn't matter if they raise 50 million. And I'm going to explain to you why. The Democratic Party structure has been revolutionized in recent years. And it's the exact opposite methodology of how the Republican Party operates. And, and Barack Obama did this when he challenged Hillary Clinton in the system in 08. They changed the paradigm. The way the Democrat, now that in terms of its public policy, the Democratic Party believes in centralization, collectivization, right? Consolidation. But the way the Democratic Party operates as an apparatus is very decentralized. It's very subsidiarity. The central Democratic Party is actually not the most powerful organism in the Democratic Party. The grassroots are. That's how Barack Obama beat Hillary Clinton. It's how Bernie Sanders, without any of Barack Obama's likability, telegenetics, almost beat an entirely rigged primary set up to stop him. He still almost beat it. Okay? And it's why people who knew it was rigged are coming out and coming clean about it now. In the Democratic Party, the central power structure is not very powerful. The local structures are powerful. Otherwise, the ultimate machine politician, Hillary Rodham Clinton, would have been president by now. Yes. This is why they had to create superdelegates to try and stymie their own grassroots. Because the Democratic Party's grassroots are empowered in their political process. The party of the little guy did that, Steve? Yes. Hmm. And they, and, and they couldn't let their true believers win. 
So they rigged it with their own superdelegates in this last in this last primary. I can promise you that I don't believe. Well, I can't promise you. I doubt that the, the Democratic Party, I don't think, will ever get away with that again in our modern lifetime. Because the Clintons are going away. A new generation of people that are the true believers. The ones who are turning on the, their own liberal media for Harvey Weinstein, those folks, they're about to take over. The, the true believers are about to run the party now. And for the for foreseeable future. And that's the paradigm shift that's going on with them. There are two races I want to point you to. John Ossoff in Karen Handel's district in Georgia and Doug Jones, the Alabama Senate candidate. Even before the NRSC pulled out of backing Roy Moore, Doug Jones was out raising Roy Moore by 10 to 1. In fact, the Roy Moore campaign doesn't want to brag about this because it's unseemly to. So I'll tell you. Their fundraising in the last three weeks since these allegations began, Roy Moore's had his best fundraising of his entire political career, and it ain't even close. They raised nearly a half million in the first week. Which you call that, you call that a pretty good week for Ted Cruz? That is parting the Red Sea for Roy Moore. This has been a fundraising extravaganza for Roy Moore. These allegations have been. Because people don't believe the liberal media. And so they're coming to his rescue. So even, but even before the NRSC, by the way, that's Mitch McConnell. Even before the Mitch McConnell, the National Republican Senate Campaign Committee, backed out of the Alabama race about a week and a half ago, Doug Jones, the Democratic candidate, was destroying Roy Moore in fundraising. There's two reasons that the polls in Alabama are reasonably close. One is the allegations against Roy Moore, obviously. But the other is Doug Jones is on TV 10 to 1 over Roy Moore. And that's a race the Democrats still don't have very good odds of winning. You look at John Ossoff in Georgia. He didn't live in that district. He's the Democratic candidate. He, his fundraising pace for that race was actually, per capita, per donor, he raised money at a faster clip than Barack Obama did when he ran for president in 2008. See, the grassroots... They have sugar daddies, Tom Steyer, these people in the Democratic Party. They've got five Koch brothers, guys. Okay? Go to opensecrets.org and search top fundraising groups. I think what you're going to find is seven of the top ten are Democratic-leaning. The NRA is way down the list compared to Planned Parenthood. It's not even close. It's not even close. Their grassroots has made the Democratic Party irrelevant. And it'll be, even, it'll be even more irrelevant because the belief that they rigged the last primary. Their, their grassroots groups and their big donors in the grass... See, the difference in the Democratic Party, too, is their big donors are the true believers. And the, even the Koch brothers, God bless them, aren't really conservatives. They're just pro-business libertarians. I know, I know social conservative groups that won't take any more Koch brothers' money. 
because they try to tell them they so have to narrow and tailor their message on social issues like marriage and religious liberty that it makes them hard for them in, in exchange for the money they have to so water down their own message that it becomes, it becomes a loss leader yeah we got this money but we can't actually capitalize on it because the message that rallies our base you're telling us the conditions of taking your check is not messaging our own base so I can't build on this. this. This is a loss leader from a, it's not a capitalistic investment, it's a loss leader. Meaning it's taking a money, for, if you're a social conservative group, taking money from the Koch brothers is like buying a brand new car. Whatever it's worth, the minute you drive it off the lot is its maximum value and it diminishes from there. The odds that you're the odds that you will take if you're, a, if you're, the, if you're the national organization for marriage, if, if the Koch brothers even give you money anymore. But the odds you could, the conditions they put on that money, the odds you can then turn around and take a million from Koch brothers and make it two to three because you take that to message your base is low. So I know several social conservative groups don't even take money from them anymore. Do they have five Koch brothers on the Democratic side and they're all communists, Marxists? They're the true believers. That's how Doug Jones and John Ossoff and these guys raise all this money, even though there's no cash at the Democratic Party. Because they've made their central party irrelevant. Their grassroots has said, we'll just do this ourselves. And that's why it doesn't matter how much money's at the Democratic Party. In, at the end of the 2012 election, Reince Priebus, then the head of the Republican Party, put out a press release bragging that the Republicans ended the election with $3 million, I think it was, cash on hand. Remember when Romney was running all those ads in like Minnesota and Michigan and Wisconsin at the end of 2012? Remember that? Do you, you guys? I are, don't. Okay, he was running all kinds of ads in Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, states where he was polling well behind. But the narrative coming out of the Republican Party about why he was running ads in these states—he's expanding the map. He's playing offense. That was the narrative we were sold. He lost every one of those states. Do you know why? And I'll tell you, I know this for a fact. Do you know why they were running all those ads in those states he didn't win and probably could not in that election? Because they were going to end this election in 2012, the Republican Party was, with so much unspent money. They were literally, and they know, you know what donors hate? When you shook me down for millions of dollars and then you tell me at the end of the election, you didn't spend my money. Well, then what, what did I give it to you for? They were literally, just like, a, just like a plane starts dropping fuel and weight when an engine goes out to take the load off, right? They were literally just dropping money. This was the Joker just lighting that big pile of money on they, fire? They, they were trying, to, they were doing whatever they could to spend as much money at the RNC as they possibly could. So, because they knew what it would look like. You lose an election and you have $10, 15000000 million unspent. What the hell does that look like? Pretty ridiculous, doesn't it? The Republican Party. Yeah. That's what... And so what kind of political party brags that we have a few million dollars in the bank after an election you just lost? It would be like Jim Harbaugh today. Guys, I just I got the injury report. You know, we came out of the Ohio State game and we're looking really healthy. And uh, nobody's really... He's freaking lost! The season's over. Nobody cares. That's what it looks like. It would be like the Falcons after blowing a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl last year. The next day, they, they have a press conference. And uh, here's our injury report. Matt Ryan looks like uh, he's good to go. We don't play another game for eight months. 
who the hell cares what the injury report is right now? We don't play again till September. It's the 1st of February. Who cares how much cash on hand you have from an election that you just lost? They were spending all this money because they were paranoid that they had so mismanaged the campaign, they were going to end it with much more money in the bank. And they were just dropping money, giving it away. I tell you that for a fact. I know it for a fact. It doesn't matter how much money the Democratic Party has because its officials aren't running the show there anymore. The grassroots is. That's why they're at war with one another because the grassroots actually has the big donors. You know, we did this exercise on our TV show today where we laid out what the GOP's donor class wanted and what the GOP grassroots wants. And did we find almost anything in common at all? How many? No. But if you laid out what the Democrats big donor class wants and what its base wants there's a lot in common there a lot and you have the old guard the old clinton guard corporatist democrats that are at war with their own donor base and their own uh grassroots right now and they're going to lose that war they've already lost it that's why hillary's getting thrown under the bus right now that's why Vox and everybody's writing Salon. Clinton should have resigned talking about Bill in the 90s. They're clearing the deck now. So when Cory Booker or name your nominee, Elizabeth Warren, pick a name. Tom you know, Bezos, pick a name. They, they, they've preemptively absolved themselves of their previous hypocritical sins with the Clintons, thrown them under the bus, and we're all moving on with a clean slate now. That's what's going on right now. The Clinton machine already has lost the Democratic Civil War. They've already lost it. That's why they're not screen. That's why Susan Sarandon's out there saying today, you know, if Hillary was president, we'd be in, we'd be at war right now. That's why they're not screaming and yelling about Hillary's press tour. They know she's making a total ass clown out of themselves. She's helping them. They know how toxic she is, and they're appreciating her, reminding everybody of it. They're flushing that Clinton machine that's run the Democratic Party for 20 years that Barack Obama first took down the Death Star. But you blow the Death Star, do you, when, do you beat the whole empire when you blow up the Death Star? No. No. Is that a pretty big blow against the empire? Yes. But you still have to still gotta, you still gotta beat them, right? So Obama blew up the Death Star in 08 and they're finishing off what's left of the uh, Clintonian empire as we speak. And when they're done, something as dark and terrible as the dawn will take over. Outright cultural Marxists are gonna run the show. And they are the true believers. Now, in the Republican Party, you have an opposite structure. Even though the party's policy points preach decentralization and deconsolidation, the Republican Party's apparatus is all Washington-centric. You can go to a lot of state Republican parties, and you wouldn't know who's on the Central Committee. They draw flies at their banquets and their meetings. You wouldn't know. And the grassroots either has not been willing to empower itself by taking on the party machine or it's incapable of it. I'm not really sure which it is. It's probably a little bit of both. And it's also why when Democrats win elections, their voters get what they want. When Republicans win elections, their voters do not. And I just explained to you why it doesn't matter. It will have no impact on 2018 whatsoever. Me walking out to the parking lot here 
I'll, I'll finish with this point. Me walking out to the parking lot when we finish this podcast, climbing up to the top of my 2014 Ford Edge and screaming, um, the DNC sucks into the ethereal, into the sky, will have more of an impact on the 2018 election than what the Democratic National Committee's fundraising numbers are. Don't let anybody else, don't let anybody tell you any differently. Either they're ignorant, wrong, or they're lying to you. And I don't know which it is, and I don't frankly care at this point. You want to beat these guys, that won't do it. It won't do it. That's fool's gold. Okay? That's, that's the fan who at the end of the game when you lost by 21 points, you know we had that turnover in the second quarter that really changed, uh, you lost by 21 points. And maybe the reason why that one turnover in the second quarter changed momentum is your team just wasn't that good. Because if your team was good, they probably would have gotten momentum back at some point, but they never did. You know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. That's fool's gold. Don't be a, don't, don't be a pathetic fan. Don't do that. You want to beat these guys, there's one way to beat them. And your leaders, your party, if you're a Republican, controls its own fate and destiny to do that. Like your Badgers in football. It's been pretty easy the last four weeks, right? Just win every game. Win every game, we control our own fate. You know, we were arguing about whether Alabama or Ohio State should be in. Why are we arguing about them? What, what didn't they do? Control their own fate. Yeah, they, they didn't, didn't win every game. Yeah. Win every game when I'm having this conversation. Wisconsin wins every game. Doesn't matter what its non-conference schedule is ranked. They won every game. That's all that matters. Win every game. So if you want to beat these guys next November, here's what you need to do. Don't buy into fool's gold. Fake news. The, the political, uh, the conservative, quote-unquote conservative media version of rubbing your belly and making the bad man stop. Tell your elected representatives in Congress and the guy you put in the White House to get their asses in gear and do their damn jobs. Grow the economy, cut our taxes, make health care cheaper. If they do those things, you still may lose some seats in some places because the Democrats have the superior energy right now. But if you do those things, it won't matter if Donald Trump tweets himself out holding a CNN logo as a bloody severed head like Kathy Griffin. It won't matter how many people he's insulted on Twitter. You're probably going to win next year. Or at least you're going to hold them off enough to stop them from winning outright. Because the Senate map is still heavily in the Republicans' favor. The, the Democrats still have to beat redistricting in the House nationwide. Those will not be easy things. Now, the Republicans right now are doing everything they can to make it easy. It's like watching John O'Corn play quarterback for Michigan Saturday. He was already statistically the worst quarterback we've ever had. Seriously, ever had. But when you trip over your own lineman's foot on third and one, for which a play where you got, and now you have to punt. When you overthrow four guys that are wide open by 10 yards, you know what I'm saying? There's not being, I'm just not good enough, and then there is, I'm making it harder on myself. The Republicans are making it easier on the Democrats by making it harder on themselves. Keep your promises. Don't cover for these guys. Keep the heat on them. Tell the guy in the White House to use his platform to pressure these people to deliver on their promises. 
in, in 10 months, if the unemployment rate is lower, gas is cheaper, our wages on the consumer pricing index are improved, and healthcare premiums have gone down, I promise you, it won't matter how big of a douche canoe Donald Trump is. And it might, you might only have a majority of one U.S. senator and 10 or 11 House members, but you're still going to be in control of Congress because the map is against the Democrats. But if you think there's any other path to victory other than actually governing well, the trollathon on Twitter will do it. Scam, you know, um, scamming Reddit for more, more cool killer anti-CNN memes. Fake news stories like the Democrats are in trouble because they can't raise money at the DNC. Meanwhile, John Ossoff, who doesn't live in the district, crushed Karen Handel, who's run, lived in that district for years and has run for office three other times in fundraising. How did she do that? How did he do that, I mean? Well, I just explained to you how. Don't buy any of that. It's all fake stuff. Most people who do what I do for a living don't have the balls to tell you the truth because they're afraid you can't handle it. And you'll bolt if, the, if, if, if they do. I don't care if you'll bolt. I really don't. I prefer you don't. But if you do, I will just go do something else. Because I, don't, I love doing this for a living, but I don't love doing it as much as it takes to fluffer you. So I'm never going to. Never, ever, ever. That part is in blood, is in stone. It's just not in my nature. I'm never fluffering for you. Never. Do you want to win? Here's how. Govern well. There is no other path to victory. These stories like Democratic National Committee fundraising numbers are either ignorant, uninformed, or flat-out fake news. Gentlemen, your thoughts. I think at some point, and we discussed this, I I think you made this analogy either earlier in this podcast or or earlier on the show, um, or a similar comment anyway. If we got to the point where... Trump tweeting is enough for us. If if cheese it's from Vendo Land is enough for the American people, eventually we're going to also uh, get to the point, I believe, where even that will... I mean, you start getting the same thing over and over again, even that's going to get tired. Eventually, you're going to be pushed, I hope, uh, Trump is going to be pushed to actually doing something, to actually taking ownership and responsibility for something. Because eventually his people, his most ardent supporters, maybe not the cult, but some of his more ardent supporters outside the cult, I mean, we've seen evidence of this already, are going to get tired of the nonstop noise and bluster while nothing gets done. These people on the left are cultural Marxists, and as, as you pointed out, they're very, very close to taking over the Democratic Party apparatus. They've already taken over the party. That's why they are so that's why they are where they are right now to actually have a chance to take over the actual party apparatus. That's there's a difference between the apparatus, the administration, if you will, and the actual makeup of the party. And by uh, right now, we're at the cusp of them essentially being made up of one and the same types of people. The only solution to any of this, whether it's Donald Trump or anybody in Congress, is actually doing your frickin job and governing well. For once. But as we talked about in the TV show, there's no incentive to do that because they've got a golden parachute. And whether or not they win an election or lose an election, they're going to have the same standard of living 
whether or not they uh, pass anything or don't, or whether they're in, in the majority or in the minority. In fact, the Republicans, they probably like being in the minority. We've talked about that before more because then they actually get to ha- they actually get to use all the fu- talking points that they want to and actually are accountable for absolutely nothing, exactly nothing. So again, we're in a tails, uh, tails they win, heads you lose type of situation until you start demanding and expecting more of the guy in the White House right now. Yes, I think that's right on the money. That's why I've said all along, we know who everybody is. We know who the good guys are, the bad guys. None of that's changed. Has anybody flipped from bad to good guy or good guy to bad guy this whole year? Can you think of anybody? Isn't everybody in Congress exactly who we thought they were a year uh, ago? Pretty much. Okay. Who's the, who, what's the new element? Trump. He's the new variable. He alone has the bully pulpit to change the dynamic. I think he has shown, though, he ain't going to do it on his own. He's only going to do it if people like those of you listening right now pressure him to, because he greatly desires your approval. Todd, your thoughts? So the safest bet in the world is that there will be no governing well, and that the Donald Trump who got over on everybody in 2016 is just can't wait to do that again 2018 that's where he feels the most at home it's going to be a 2016 redux better than hillary is going to be alive and well even though hillary's nowhere near this thing and her machine is dying as steve said um that's where we live but i buried the lead a little bit because what we really need to talk about is making that commercial you talked about you on top of the ford edge yelling democrats suck you have something there steve dace i mean that's that's ringling brother stuff right there you're right that that's how this will devolve if we don't make them keep make trump keep his promises we can't make them but that won't win because you've lost too many people. Oh. That, 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 whenever, it's, it's a little bit like the college football playoff. When your argument is, is not who you beat, but who you lost to, you lost the argument. Okay? If, the, if, if you go into this with an argument of um, our guys suck, but theirs are worse, their energy level affirmatively for their own team is too high. That won't work. You'll get, you're going to get annihilated with that. You're going to get annihilated with that next year. I promise you. That won't be good enough. It will get clicks for conservative media, but it will be a lie. It'll be a lie. We are lying to each other. So if the goal is, I just need to keep telling those of you listening to this what you want to hear in order to keep my job, that's what Todd articulated is the right strategy. If you actually want to win next November, though, that is a road to nowhere. That's a dead end. Their energy level is too high. The president is too unlikable. You need something. You're not going to beat them. You're, you, can't, you can't out-hate them. You're not going to... They're too good. They're, they're, they're at a, they're at, you go to 11, they go to 12. You go to 13, they're going to go to 15. All right, they're, they're going to take to the freaking streets and burn cities down. Well, well, you, there's- you need... You, they've already shown that. You need to beat them on issues. You need to show... The, most of America is not us. And most of America is not them. Most of America hates all of us and or doesn't care. Make, you have to win those people over with make their health care cheaper, make their paycheck go further, make them even have a paycheck if they don't currently have one. Otherwise, if this gets down to who can hate who the most, they're going to win in a landslide. See, that's where I'm not sure because... 
do we just fundamentally disagree then on I, I, we say it and joke about it all the time but i'm dead serious about it. the one who's stupid last loses if they are truly cultural marxists it's it's not a safe bet but you just rely on them being awful and stupid and just telling you who they are and america's saying i'll still take this crap sandwich because you're i mean it's not no, a reliable you said path. america us us taking it is true that's not america we have a guy in office who's there because he won four damn states by 78,000 completely total votes. 78,000 votes in four states. It wouldn't even fill up the big house. No, we would not. would barely fill up Kinnick. Would it, would it, would it even fill up Camp Randall? Uh, Se- what's that seat, about 80? Uh, Close. Camp Randall's around 80, yeah. I That's believe. what he won it by. He won it by a sellout crowd at Camp Randall Stadium, the entire presidency, and not in one state. It'd be one thing if it was in one state. We're talking one state where he won it by fewer than 100,000 votes. Wow, it was a close election. Would we not say that was a close election? Yeah. Now you're telling me he did it spread out over four states? Their energy level is too hot. We, had, we just had a presidential election where 20,000 people in Milwaukee who did not vote, who did vote in 2012, didn't vote in 2016. They're all showing up next November that ain't happening again because now it's not better than Hillary now it's not Hillary reminding you she stole the primary from the the things that kept their vote down is what's keeping the Republicans vote right down right now there's a and when and and you don't have to have when you when your whole election is 78,000 total votes in four states as I've said all year long when we've talked about this this part is still true you don't have to lose a lot of people if you go from, I, I got 95% of my people to 91, toast. 92, toast. 93, probably toast. Because they're going to get all the people they, of their people that stayed home last year, were pissed off, hated the Clintons, and thought, Trump can't win anyway, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the high road. And I want to be able to tell everybody at my, at my Manhattan cocktail party or my, in my, in my faculty meeting here on my college campus that I didn't vote for Hillary while she's in office selling us out and making us go to war in, in, for, you know, in the Middle East and everything else. Then they woke up the next morning. Like, Trump won? They could have used my vote. They're getting all those votes now. Every last one of them. They're getting them all. It's the Republicans who have to, are going to be arguing with their base about how to vote at this time next year. The other way around. That means you need accomplishments. You cannot lose. Are they going to get 90% of their vote? Yeah. Hillary got 90% of the black vote. She needed 93. You know what I'm trying to say? I do. She's going to get 90%. Is, are 90% or more of whoever's listening to us right now likely going to vote Republican next year? Yeah. They need 100 of them to vote. 100% of them. 99 and a half. 98.6, your body temperature. That's the part we all... It's the slippage. It's not, it's the size of, it's not the percentage, it's the pie itself. That's what, that's what the Republicans are in danger of. And they need accomplishments. If they, if they just have accomplishments. They won't. If they can't even, if they can't even, if, even if they cut taxes right, then I think what you're talking about absolutely comes into play. But now there are no accomplishments. There's nothing affirmatively driving voters. And then it's just hate. I think the I think the other side has shown they're better at leading with anger and hatred than we are. It's the default setting. We need something else. They we won't beat them at that. They will out fundraise us. I mean, hell, we got 
we got so-called Republicans out there endorsing Doug Jones in Alabama. I'm so mad that, that Roy Moore, an accused child predator, could be senator. I'm going to go vote for a guy who thinks we can sever a baby's head provided it didn't fully come out of the birth canal. What a human piece of garbage you are, by the way. That's where the Republican Party is at. Is anybody saying that in the Democratic Party? Tell me who's... I just can't bring myself to vote for John Conyers and Al Franken. Anybody saying that? And so that's why I'm going to vote for my Republican instead. Not a damn one of them. And there won't be. All the people that didn't want to vote for the Clintons last year, but, but begrudgingly did, will vote enthusiastically next year. And all the people that didn't want to vote for the Clintons last year and didn't, will all vote Democrat next year. All will. They will have all the energy they did not have last year. Republicans have got to create some of that, have some of that energy because of the backlash against the left, yes. But I don't believe they have enough to stave off any potential slippage without a real accomplishment. Because most people, frankly, just want to walk away from the system in total and not care at all. And when you're the party in power, complacency is your biggest enemy. Hate, you can even work to your advantage, like you're talking about. You can take the other side's hate for you and turn it into an advantage of, of backlash of hate for your guys, right? or from your people. But when complacency sets in, when people are like, I just don't care, like what I just said 15 minutes ago, I don't care. Make me care. Is anybody in the Democratic Party having to make an argument to their own base about why they should care next year? No. Which side's making the argument about why you should care? Republican side. And that's why they're in trouble. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget CRTV.com promo code DACE to catch today's television show. It's almost Christmas. John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.